Hello, and welcome to The Shining Light, where we are shining the light of the gospel and speaking the truth in love, providing strength, and stirring the hearts of our listeners. We are so glad to have you joining us today as you listen to this message from Pastor Tim Cruz. God bless you. We all can say that today. He's always been faithful to me, and I'm just so grateful to him. The Lord is good to us. I read the story this week of a little boy who was in the hospital for malnutrition. He was in a desperate, destitute situation. A nurse brought him a tall glass of milk. The little lad looked at her and said, Nurse, how deep can I drink? You see, it always had to share every glass of milk with other children in the home. And the nurse sweetly replied, My boy, drink it all to the full, all of it. The same is with our Lord and His wonderful salvation. We can take it all and enjoy it all. We have a wonderful God of whom we can drink to the full and enjoy His bountiful, bountiful blessings. He's given us so much, has He not? God has been faithful to us. I want you to take your Bibles and stand with me as we turn to the book of Isaiah in God's Word this morning, Isaiah chapter 5. Let's read a verse here together. I want to show you some things from the Scriptures about stewarding the opportunity God has given us, our time, our talent, our resources, stewarding those things well. We're going to meet God with what He's done for us. And Brother Reynolds was used of the Lord to introduce us to this text this past Monday evening during our Thanksgiving revival. But we read here in Isaiah chapter 5 and verse 4, let's read it together aloud. What could have been done more to my vineyard that I have not done in it? Wherefore, when I looked that it should bring forth grapes, brought it forth wild grapes? Thank you, may be seated. God is saying here, Don't miss what I've already done for you. I've done so much. I want you to write that down, if you will, stewarding your opportunity well by recalling what God has already done. God is saying here, I've done everything I could do. My well-beloved hath a vineyard in a very fruitful hill, according to verse 1. This is a song that was being sung. My well-beloved, think about it. Don't miss the heart of God toward you and me, hath something He's given us right here, right now, a present possession, seeing we have this ministry from God, Paul said, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. My well-beloved hath a vineyard, an opportunity to bear fruit for God in a very fruitful hill, in a place to where it's conducive for growth and fruitfulness. What are we going to do with it? What God has given to us. What He's already done. He said, I fenced it. Verse 2, gathered out the stones thereof, planted it with the choicest vine, built a tower in the midst of it, and also made a wine press therein. And He looked that it should bring forth grapes, and it brought forth what? Wild grapes. This vine, in essence, didn't do anything with the opportunity it had been given. And God is looking for fruit in your life and my life. 
And what he's saying to you and me today is, what more could I have done for you to give you opportunity to bear fruit with your life? To be a fruitful Christian, what more could I have done? I saved you. I gave you the Holy Spirit to indwell you. I gave you the Word of God. I gave you opportunity. I gave you certain talents and abilities, certain life experiences. I've given you so much. Look what I've done for you. What are you doing with what I've done for you? Someone said, not going to lie, when I was younger, I always thought adults were dramatic when they said, if it ain't one thing, it's another. But now as an adult myself, I can confirm if it ain't one thing, it's another. Isn't that right? That's the way we get to living life sometimes. We get so busy with the day-to-day that we forget the big picture or even to recall what God has done for us, what God has given us. We can even develop an attitude of ingratitude because we miss the heart of God. Look what I have done. Sometimes we focus on what He hasn't done in our perception and we get ill with God. That's the way we treat other people. We, we cancel all the good they've done for us over one thing that they didn't do or one perceived slight or thing they forgot to do for us. This attitude of ingratitude has to be acknowledged and dealt with. Someone said a bad attitude is like a flat tire. You can't go anywhere until you change it. Some of us just need a change of attitude today. Look what God has already done. Look at the opportunities. I think about where we are right here with all of these facilities, with all of these upgrades, with this growing greater Charlotte area, with all of these opportunities, God says, what more could I have done? I've given you these buses to run. I've given you so much to work with. What are you doing with what I've done for you? What are you doing with that? Look what I've already done. Well, we're believing God for this. We're praying and asking God for the other. That's wonderful. But what are we doing with what God has already done? With what God has already given? Brother John was talking about Luke chapter 13 and verse 8. And he answering said unto him, Lord, let it alone this year also till I shall dig about it and dung it. Lord, would you give it a little more time, at least one more year, an opportunity to try to work with it and cultivate it and fertilize it? Maybe a year from now, it'll still be, or it'll start bearing fruit and still be bearing fruit. But if not, then you can cut it down. Opportunities don't last forever. Sometimes God in his mercy extends and extends and extends and extends and goes far beyond what we would deserve. That's not only His grace toward us, but His mercy. God could just say, well, if you don't want it, I mean, if you're not going to do anything with it, let me give it to somebody who will. And yet He just keeps saying, but I want you to have it. I want to bless your life. I love you. I'm not going to just walk away from you. I think about it as a pastor My heart, this is not a job for me. This is a calling. I love the Lord and I love you. I love you. I pray for you. How can I I pray for you and not have a heart for you, right? 
But as a pastor, I have a heart for you and your family. I, I, I do. I love you. And I want to see you prosper. That's why so many times you, you work with people and work with people and bear with people, work through things and try to endure things and try to get through certain things. Why? Because you love people. That is the heart of God for us. And that's what God is saying. Don't miss my heart towards you. Steward your opportunity well by recalling what God has already done. Oh, don't miss it. He wants you to bear fruit. You say, I've been barren or the fruit that I have borne has been wild grapes. It's not been truly what honors God or what he's been looking for, no doubt. But yet God is still extending his heart, his call, his opportunity to you another Sunday. Perhaps another year we're right on the threshold of it. What will we do with these opportunities that God has given us? Don't miss his heart. Steward your opportunity well, number two, by realizing what God would have done if we needed him to do. I want you to turn back to 2 Samuel chapter 12. 2 Samuel chapter 12. David here is king of Israel and God had blessed him by taking the possessions of that belonged to King Saul from King Saul and giving those to David. But David still was at a point to where no matter what God had done, it was not enough. He wanted something that God had not given him and that God had rightfully withholden from him because it was something, someone that actually belonged to someone else. It was Bathsheba, the wife of Uriah. She didn't belong to David. She belonged to Uriah. And David took that. And so God, after about a year, think about this. Think about this one year that God says, dung it, fertilize it, work on it, cultivate it. I'll give you a space of grace here, an opportunity to deal with this so I won't have to. If you will humble yourself, I will show mercy. But David just hid his sin, sat on his sin, excused his sin, and just went on. And then finally God revealed his sin through the prophet Nathan when he said, Thou art the man and of all the lambs that he had for himself, the one little lamb that this one guy had, David took from him. Think of that. It was such an egregious, selfish sin. And so we read in verse 7, And Nathan said to David, Thou art the man. Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I anointed thee king over Israel, and I delivered thee out of the hand of Saul. And I gave thee thy master's house and thy master's wives into thy bosom and gave thee the house of Israel and of Judah. Now get this, don't miss it. God is not in any way endorsing or condoning polygamy or anything like that. God is just saying whatever was his, I took from him and gave it to you. The kingdom was translated from Saul to you, David. Now get what God says. And if that had been too little, I would moreover have given unto thee such and such things. God said, look at all that I have given you. 
And if there's anything else you needed, I would have given you that too. But you went looking for something you didn't really need. It was just something you wanted because you weren't living for me, David, in that moment. You were living for yourself. And you thought, well, I'm going to take this to myself. Missing the opportunity. Missing the bounty. Missing the blessing. Missing that God had preserved him. Though Saul had hunted him like a dog for 10 years, he was on the run. And there were times when he thought, surely I'll never, never make it to the throne as God has promised. But God saw him through all of that. And look what God had done. And the one thing that God hadn't done in that moment was give him another man's wife. And he said, but I want her. And because I'm king, I get what I want. And you know what? That's where some of us live. God has been so good to us. We don't even value anymore what he has given us because of the things that he hasn't given us. And we miss his heart in the matter. We think, well, I know better than God knows for my life. I, I can do more for my life than God can do with my life. The lust of the eyes. Think about it. The lust of the flesh and the pride of life saying that I know better for me what I need and what I want than God does. And if I can get it, if I can take it even, I will take it. And we live for ourselves and we miss the heart of God again. Because God says, if you really needed something else, wouldn't I give it to you? No, but I had to do this. I had to do that. I had to maneuver here and manipulate there. And I had to make it turn into my favor. God says, I'm not for that, David. Because you advantage yourself at someone else's expense and you sinned. Now, I gave you a space of grace to deal with it, but you wouldn't and you didn't. Verse 10 says, Now therefore the sword shall never depart from thine house. Think about that. The consequence of your sin will be felt for generations. Some of us, we think so little of what God has done for us. We think so little of the opportunity we have. We, let's just be honest. We think so little of our marriage. We think so little of our family. We think so little of our church. Ah, uh, whatever. Take it or leave it. We could be sinning against God and against those who come after us for generations and not even thinking about the future, not even thinking about them because we're thinking about ourselves here in the moment and God came to David and he says, look at all that I've done for you. And if there's anything else you really needed, you had my heart, David. I would have done it all. I think that's where some children are. They just don't realize they have their parents' heart. And their parents trying to train them, trying to teach them, and trying to teach them responsibility. It's like, well, you know, they told me I can't do this and I can't do that. And, and so they begin to doubt the heart of mom and dad and thinking, well, my life would be better if I did my Thing my way because it is my life. They miss the heart of mom and dad. There's not a thing that was right that mom or dad wouldn't have done for those children. Isn't it right? It's the same way we treat the Lord sometimes. I got to look out for myself. I got to take care of myself. I got to look out for me. Nobody else is going to look out for me, so I look out for me. And that's the same attitude and spirit of pride, selfishness, and unbelief we bring to our relationships here if we're not careful. And we miss the heart of God. We miss the heart of 
fellow believers, we miss the heart of a faithful pastor. Not a thing that's right I wouldn't have done for you. Not a thing. Not a thing I wouldn't be willing to just work through or work on or help you with or, or even take from myself to give to you. Not a thing. But it's like, oh no, I've got to do this. I've got to do that. May the Lord help us. Steward your opportunity well by recalling what God has already done, by realizing what God would have done if we needed Him to. And then number three, by remembering the words of our Lord Jesus. Turn with me over to the book of Acts. Now each of these could be messages in and of themselves. But let's just look here and we'll close. In Acts chapter 20, Think about these last words of the Apostle Paul as he speaks to these fellow believers here, exhorting them, warning them. His heart is to finish his course with joy. And he had a heart for these Ephesian believers. He warns them about those who will creep in and try to take advantage of them. And so he says, be mindful of that. Be careful even of those of your own selves who will arise in verse 30, drawing people away. And by the way, let me say this. I would not be drawn away from a faithful church and from a faithful pastor because of somebody who flies in for a short time and flies right back out. Be careful giving your ear and therefore your heart to somebody who's here for a moment and they're gone the next You ever been around somebody like that? If I go down, I'm going to take you with me. If somebody disappoints me by not letting me have my way, then I'll get back at them. And one way I'll get back with it at them is I'll try to hurt them and take people from them. Why would you follow someone like that? That's what he's warning these people about. Be careful. People are going to, they're going to come in among you. And they're going to try to lead you astray. Don't get caught up in that. Don't make it about yourself because if you make it about yourself at the end of the day, there's no telling what you might get persuaded by or drawn into and drawn away from. Be careful about that. Notice what he says in verse 35. I have showed you all things how that so laboring you ought to support the weak and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus. Don't forget it. Of all the things he could say. He said, remember these words of the Lord Jesus. How he said, it is what? More blessed to give than to receive. Steward your life well. If your life is all about what I can get, you're going to limit not only the blessing of the Lord, but the depth of true fulfillment and joy in your life. But if you'll make your life about giving, I'm telling you, see, it demands faith. It demands death to self. It demands living for God and living for others. But when you do that, you realize, truly, I just keep giving. I keep giving, and I cannot give the Lord. I keep giving. I've had people tell me through the years, Pastor, you could have run a company somewhere. You could have made good money somewhere. You could... And I never looked at them and said, Oh, yeah, what, what I could have done... Oh, what I could have had. Oh, if I took these same abilities that God gave me and I did something out here and, and uh, boy, I could have turned a dollar bill. 
I'm all for turning a dollar bill. But you know what? When God called me to pastor this church, he called me to give myself to him. And that involved everything. I didn't come to this church saying, all right, wait a minute. I got a wife and two little boys. What are you going to pay me? Because if you can't take care of me, I'm not coming. I didn't come to this church under those terms. I came to this church by faith, through prayer and fasting, believing it to be the will of God. I was here for two weeks before I even knew what the church was going to do for me. Because I finally, the deacons called me in and said, here's what we're going to do. My first pay package was $30,000 a year. That included my health insurance. That included my car allowance. That included utilities. That included everything else that we would view as benefits on top of salary in many ways today. That included every expense that it would take for us to live. And thank the Lord we found a house in town here on King Street for $400 a month. But I was here for two weeks before I even knew that the church could pay me full time. I was willing to take a part-time job. I just came to give and I came to serve. In the height of when our children, we had 10 of them at home. That's at least two gallons of milk every time you go to the grocery store. At least. I think of all those times right in the midst of that, I never had the attitude, well, you know, I, I'm, I'm working all the time. I'm working 50, 60 hours a week. If I really got what I should be getting, I'd be getting this. And so my tithe is my time. So I'm not going to tithe back to the church. They, they can't pay me what I'm really producing here. Are you listening? It's amazing how people get out of being faithful to God in their giving. And they justify it in every other way. I never looked at the church like, what can you do? What can you give to me? That's not enough. I'll make it up over here. I'll take this. I'll do that. See, I'll tell you, that to me is the epitome of pride and selfishness and sin. You agree with that? When we had 10 children in the home, we're not only tithing of what income we have, but God laid it on my heart one year to give 10% more on top of that to missions. You say, how did you do it? By faith. How did you make it? God took care of us. You believe that? Do you believe that? I've learned it's more blessed to give. And that's what I'm saying. I've said it through the years. Now, if we want to run this church like a business, we can do that. I know how to do that. It's all about the numbers, you know. I understand that. That's not hard for me. My strongest course was math. I love math. And, uh, and I thrived in it all the way through, all the way up through calculus. I mean, A plus and all of that. Math is, to me, it's, I could look at a sheet of paper and I could add it in my head just immediately. So those are not issues with me. The issue is faith. Is this a faith work? Do we walk by faith and trust God? When God says, step out and trust Him and just keep giving of yourself and your substance and trust God to make a difference or trust God to make a way where there is no way, is there ever a time to do that? Well, sure. And we must be, we have business-like principles and practices and we do, everything's accounted for. But I think about how God has led us and look what God has done. The assets that God has entrusted to us and He keeps entrusting to us. There's an investor that worked in Waxhaw 
through the years, he would check on me. And I've been here these years, and I mean sometimes years would pass, and he'd call me up or he'd stop by the office. He'd say, Pastor, just want to check on you, see if you need anything, need to make any investments, any retirement, whatever, and he's following up with me. And I would say, well, we'd get to talking, and he said, every time I see you, you got another piece of land. He said, I'm shocked how God's blessed you. He said, literally, every time. It's like you're going forward. You're always going forward. You're always talking about what God's doing, what God has put before you to do. He said, I commend you for that. I said, because we're all in. Our family's been all in these years. We've not held back anything. We've not said, well, no, what about? No, we've got to take care. No, well, this, no. We're just all in. And Rebecca can tell you, if the church ever had a need, we're the first to step up. We'll help out. We'll take care of it. We'll forgo this. We won't take that benefit. We won't do this. We won't. And I'm just testifying to you today. The Lord Jesus said, it is what? More blessed to give than to receive. And I've learned it because I've lived it. And I thank God for it. You say, well, you're taken care of now, aren't you? Why, sure I am. Just as I was then. God always made a way but I've never outgiven him. He's always given me back far more than I've given him. Isn't that right? See, we've got to learn that. You're going to have to learn that. It's a life of faith. And, and really, that's, that's, where the, that's the crux of where many people never grow beyond that point. They never go beyond that point because it's like, whoa, I can't trust God with this. I, I can't do that. I can't take my hands off of that. I'm not going to do that. And so it's just like, well, go ahead, like he said the other day. Limit yourself. Limit your marriage. Limit your children. Limit your family. Limit your church. Limit your city. Why? Because they limited the Holy One of Israel in Psalm 70. How? Because of their unbelief. They refused to believe God. And if you don't believe God, you won't do what God says. And they leaned to their own understanding, did, did it their way. And as a result, they missed the abundant blessing of God. I just want you to be abundantly blessed. God knows it's true. But we're going to have to trust the Lord. Look what he's already done. Look what he would do if we really needed it. He's going to take care of us, right? And remember the words of our Lord Jesus. Oh, I tell you, we can't outgive him. It is more blessed to give than to receive. And God... It's been said, we'll be a debtor to no man. I close with this picture here. I want you to see it because I believe it just kind of gives us an indication of where we are. Uh, it's just Thanksgiving parade. These things aren't wrong in and of themselves, by the way. That's not the point. The parades are nice. The Black Friday shopping used to be more like that. I mean, I remember when it was like that. <laughs> remember that? Getting in that crowd. Saturday sports, and boy, we've had a great time watching ball games. But our churches across America are at an all-time low in attendance. See, we have time and money for everything under the sun except the Lord. And you know what is happening in America? Cultural Christianity is dying. And it must the outward form of the 
profession without the possession, this form of godliness denying the power thereof needs to die. So true biblical Christianity can take further root and bear fruit. Because there are certain ways that true Christians act and react and certain ways they don't. And God will never bless carnality, pride, self-will, strife, competing visions that come against His mind and His will. I want us all to take this to heart. There's one vision for Shining Light Baptist Church, and it's not mine. It's the Lord's. And I always believe that God had a plan. And God would show that plan to his servant if he would seek his face and the servant was to tell the people as you see patterned in the Bible. And like Nehemiah, they said, all right, let's rise up and build. If that's what God's put in your heart and says, do. You lead us, we'll follow. Let's get this done. And they got it done because they had a mind to work. Isn't that wonderful? But for those who hesitated and balked, you see what happened right there on the threshold of the promised land. (laughs) Those giants, we're no match for them. Why would we even think about this? Why would we even be talking about doing some of these things? Be careful. If you have that kind of attitude and that kind of spirit, may the Lord rebuke it because it's wicked. Because that's the attitude and the spirit they had at Kadesh Barnea. We're not able... We're not able to go up against these giants. Why would you even think about us going into there and being devoured by them? Why would you lay this on us, Moses? Would God would die in the wilderness? Would God would stay back there in Egyptian bondage? May God rebuke that spirit if it's in any of our hearts. Because when it comes down to it, there's a God in heaven and he has a work he's trying to do in this world. He's looking for those whose hearts are sincere and upright toward him that he may show himself strong on their behalf. Do you believe that this morning? I want to ask you, do you believe that? Because if we don't, let's just be honest. I'm just at this point, and right before we sing this invitation, I I just want you to pray for me is my request. I am done. I am done with preaching and preaching and preaching and preaching and preaching and preaching. And us just sitting here sometimes acting like, okay, see ya. Appreciate the message. I'm done with it. I'm praying for revival where hearts are truly changed and turned to the Lord. If we don't have revival from God, if God doesn't meet with His people, we're dead in the water. Come on, let's be honest about it. Our country, we're losing it before our very eyes. And I'll tell you what, we need strong churches. We don't need people just sit here and sit here and sit here. And you know, as a pastor, you labor and labor and labor. It'd be just like Rebecca laboring all the time to prepare meals. And we just come in and we're just not hungry. We already ate. You know, I don't like this. You know, yeah, we're used to that. Didn't you serve this, what, two weeks ago? Didn't we have this for lunch three weeks ago? I mean, why would you do? I don't have that attitude toward her. 
if we had spaghetti every Sunday, that got, that got response there. Now I know what I can, I can preach on to get some kind of response. If we had it every Sunday, I promise you before the Lord, I wouldn't say a word. Because I'm the kind of kid who grew up and didn't have anything to eat on Sundays. Or Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. I don't grumble about things like that. I'm grateful for it. And when someone else labored for it, I want to have a right response. And I mean this with all of my heart. I want you to pray for me. I don't want to waste my life. I don't want to spend my wheels. I don't want to waste my time and my energy. What, what I have left, I don't want to waste it. And I'm begging God to have mercy on me and my family and upon this church that our hearts may be knit together with one accord. We'd rise up and say, if this is what God wants us to do, let's get a hold of what God has and let's just say, hey, I'll do whatever God allows me to do. I'm glad to do it. I'm glad to do it. Would to God. I texted a young man yesterday and said, I may need your help in something today. He said, I'm glad to help. You'll never know what that meant to me. I'm glad to help. I get so many times people, I don't know if I can help, don't really want to help, don't care about helping. Oh, that's so inconvenient. Oh. After a while, that, that wears on you. You know? Oh, 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 oh. Let's quit backing up on the Lord. Let's step up and say, if I can help, count me in. I'm glad to do my part as unto the Lord and trust God with it and praise God for the victory. And all of God's people said, let's stand. What more could God do than He has already done so we could serve Him fruitfully? What more would He have done if we truly needed it? And what more will He do if we will walk in His steps? Now I know this is different. It's unusual. The services went a little longer. But I appreciate your patience and I appreciate your heart. I just believe the Lord would have us to come and pray around this altar. We don't always do it this way, but that's what's in my heart today. Thank you for listening to The Shining Light. We pray that this time has been a time of encouragement and blessing to you. The Shining Light is a production of Shining Light Baptist Church, located at 2541 Old Charlotte Highway in Monroe, North Carolina. If you don't have a church home, we invite you to join us. Service times and more information can be found at our website, www.shininglightmonroe.com. You can also watch our services on Facebook and YouTube and connect with us on social media. Thank you for joining us, and God bless.